Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of All Things Suck. And as you can tell by the title of the show, I believe that all things do indeed suck. But I am willing to make one exception and he is with me right now, my guest for today, Mr. Randy B. Hello. How's it going? You're right, mate. Yeah, very good, thank you. You have been recommended to me for a, a little chat, and um, that sounds a bit ominous, don't you? Yes, yes, you're you're coming to have a chat with me now. We're um, we've got to have some stern words. Uh, oh, I, this could be a bit uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> That's never a good way to start, is it? Uh, can I have a, have a little chat, mate? It sounds like something the police say when you wind down your window. Just a little chat. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you see what you did back there? Yeah, it's quite good, ain't it? Um, no, no, no. <laughs> nothing, nothing like that. Um, so we are here to talk about what you find as basically as as a bit shit. I think is the best way to um describe it. That's how someone who I was telling about the podcast earlier said they said, "Oh, you just talk about stuff that's a bit shit." I mean. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a way of putting it. I mean, I like to say it's a bit more nuanced than that. I like to think we're trying to find the comedy in the things that we hate. I was trying to make it sound a little bit more philosophical, and they just went, yeah, you're just basically saying things are a bit shit. Well, well, yeah, but you don't have to just say it like that. Trying to be a bit more creative. Anyway, I lost that argument. That, that wasn't going anywhere. It's just cheaper than therapy, to be honest. It's cheaper than therapy, isn't it? It's like... Oh, it is. Um, and it's only because obviously I haven't got your email address. I can't bill you on PayPal or anything like that. So um, yeah, the first session is free. Yeah, uh, my email address is Mike Orbisdam <laughs> at. I'll give you. The <laughs> oh, he's already had his bill. That one's that one's already sorted. Anyway, so Randy, I've got to ask, what do you find in the world that sucks? Oh, I will tell you what. Um, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm. I live in Kent. I live in Leafy Kent Garden of England and all that. But I, I work in central London. I was born and raised in London, so I, st- I still work up that way. One of the biggest things that really, really gets up my chuff, right, is uh, school trips. You know, when they have school kids, like primary school kids, and they put them on trains to take them up to London to see the I, I was just about to say, when you say about school trips, I was thinking, I'm not going to say it's in a horrible way, but I would believe you're past the school age now. I wouldn't believe you were in... Education anymore, but um, you know you can't you can't judge people anymore. I I am I am quite short. I'm only like five foot six, but my massive beard gives me away, so I can't get away with being an eight year old and <laughs> unless I shave my beard off. But then it's touch and go whether I'm year three or year four. So, but no, it's just the it's just when you get on the train and you're sitting there. There's there's two. This is twofold, right? First off. You got on the train, you've had a long day at work, it's been a bit shit, you've been let out early, you're thinking, you know what, this is this is all right. I've had a crap day. Instead of leaving at five, I'm leaving at about half three, quarter to four. I've had a bit of a touch. Happy days. You get down, you're not really looking at what's going on around you. You're just happy to get on that train, put your feet up, leave the work world behind you. And then you see the fucking sticker of doom. Like this thing that sticks on the window of the train that says reserved for such and such wankers primary school. And you think, <laughs> what are you doing to me? Right. And the thing is, they don't put a fucking time on them neither. So you don't know whether them little twats have either been and gone or they're going to get picked up on the way. So then your relaxing train journey home is not relaxing anymore. You can't put your laptop on and watch your fucking Netflix. You can't put your headphones in because every time that train slowly chuffs down, into a station you're thinking is this when i'm going to get mauled by the little minions in their fucking high-vis jackets so you can't relax 
you ruined my early finish. You've put me in a state of tension when I should be relaxing on the way home. So that's the first fold. The second fold is <laughs> when they actually fucking get on. They get on, right? Now, it's like herding cats. They're, they're primary school teachers, right? Primary school teachers should not be allowed to take little fucking minions from hell out onto trains in public. They just shouldn't. I mean, I have an issue with parents bringing their fucking kids out, let alone let alone people that are not related to these little things, right? It just, right, they get them on, and all they can think about, the teachers, is getting the little turds to sit in chairs so they don't have to worry about them falling over and claiming some sort of health and safety insurance regs. So what they do, they scatter bomb the fuckers. They literally, it, it's like throwing gravel into a lake. They fucking go everywhere. The ripple effect ruins the whole train. So you're then sitting there, with some snot-nosed little turd, probably about seven years old, just staring at you. And you're like, what do you want? What do you want? I get I get upset when my dog stares at me when I eat my food, let alone when there's a little prick sitting next to me looking over my shoulder telling me how to play Angry Birds. Fuck off! Yeah, look. I would say if you're still playing Angry Birds in this day and time, I think you know you might need to have something sorted out. Um... It's called retro, man. It's called retro. <laughs> retro cool. Come on, play the game. But yeah, fuck them little kids. If you want to take... No, not literally fuck them little kids because that's, that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> oh, but please please do not get my my podcast banned before I've even had a chance to get the second fucking episode out. <laughs> the rule should do... be... like all the, uh, You know, I'd petition... I would watch the breaking news stuff done by Boris if there was a caveat at the bottom that says stay indoors, wash your hands, wear your face masks, don't be a dickhead. Oh, by the way... If you want to take kids under the age of 15, that because 15 year olds are just more happy with their with their phones, and they don't cause bother to no one. But if you're a little turd, pre like primary school turd age, then the rule should be by law that you can only take them to museums or farms if you've got a fucking coach. Right, that's that's, that's the law. As of this day, little shits can only go on school trips by coach. You know why they don't do the coaches as often now? Because it's the money side of it. This is what all companies are like. It's whatever thing they can do to save costs, to basically bring their overheads down. They'll go, right, should we um, should we hire a private coach? You know, let the kids have some relative luxury, um, you know, maybe not cause a disruption to the everyday travel. Nah, fuck that. Here you go. Just give them an Oyster card. Send them on their way. They'll be fine. They know what they do. If we lose one or two of them, it's all right. You know, back in the 80s, we lost loads of kids and no one ever batted an eyelid. <laughs> them 80s kids are still feral, living on the uh, tunnel between the Isle of Dogs and Greenwich. That's what I think. Them lost feral kids. <laughs> you ever seen the film Creep? I always imagined that that was just some kid that was left one day at a train station and he just had to fend for himself and he became a mutant. That was that was my idea of Walking how that film. Gary Dunker in one pocket and his permission slipped from his mum in the other. Yeah, and you know, that, that would have been the potential sequel. They would have explored his origins and there would have been a flashback scene to see when he was abandoned in the 80s and they were just like, uh, yeah, um, whatever, whatever happened to Jamie? We never we never saw from him again. Um, yeah. I don't know why I said Jamie. Out of all people I could have just picked, I just picked that as a name. Yeah, Jamie, you know, because Jamie just sounds like a dickhead. He's, he's um, moved away, he's moved away, because that was the thing in the 80s, right? When you was a kid in the 80s, if you had a mate at school and they moved to another school it could literally be 10 minutes walk away from the school that you were at you never saw that kid again because we didn't have social media 
That kid was dead. He was gone. When they left school the last day, oh, oh, I'm going to a, I'm going to go to this school now. I'm not going to go to your school anymore. And you were like, all right, all right, Dave. Oh, have a nice life. They walked out the gates like the closing scenes from The Incredible Hulk. It was like, man, man, and you never saw Dave ever again. He went to school in Lewisham. You lived in Peckham. <laughs> but that fucker was dead to you. He was gone. Social media, you could move to the other side of the world and you're still in the virtual classroom with people on Chappy Snap. I think when I was at school, I remember in particular when I left primary school, I remember you used to have so many people around you. You used to have all your friends that you got to know over them years. You knew some of them were going to different schools. And even when you obviously had your um, allocation, you had your place where you're going to. I remember having to go to a summer school, which was they had like a, a week where you were basically preparing for secondary school. And I'll be honest. Where did you go to school? Yeah, is that oh, what I, I went to, I, I went to, I went to school in Essex. You're, is that what your parents told you? Yes, sir. You're going off to summer school. They prepare you. <laughs> for do you know? Do you know what I? I, I can actually remember you into the gladiator arena <laughs> to practice your your knife skills. Work going to school in Essex. The reason I got sent to this um to this summer school thing, funny enough, was um in my in my school um when I was in primary school, one of my closest friends, um, let's just say he wasn't gifted at all. Um, actually, no, say maybe he was gifted. That might be a better way of putting it. And because where his mum and my mum were friends, they went, oh, yeah, maybe they should go together. That might help him out a bit, you know. And I thought, when do I get a say in this? Anyway, so fast forward to that time. I just remember the majority of the lessons was a... Yeah, so these are the these are what you could be doing when you do come to secondary school. Oh, you know, you could be doing biology. You know, you could be studying history. And uh, most of the time we were just reading Harry Potter because, you know, that was the that was the big thing and I think a lot of schools were being given Harry Potter books to ramp up for the uh, the release of the first film, which was coming out a year later. And at the end of the summer school, what did everyone get? Oh, we got a little certificate to say that we completed the summer school and we got a copy of the first Harry Potter book because that's how well thought of we were. Nice. It's just an extra week of you not being at home, your parents trying to get rid of you. And when you said that you were you, your your friend who was gifted or not gifted, who can say, yeah? Um <laughs> When you said that, all I had a vision in my head with you going, oh, yeah, you can go with him. Oh, it'd be nice if you went together. In my head, all I could see was the promotional poster for Rain Man. <laughs> uh, he wasn't that kind of gifted, I'll be honest. Just, um, he, he ain't going to listen anyway. I ain't spoke to him since then, really. <laughs> but uh... He doesn't know how to work a laptop. He's gifted. <laughs> He's still using He's not, it. No, not that, not that, not that kind of gifted. No, but it was one of the things I think because it was the idea that because he wasn't too good with school, I think it was the idea they said right. So maybe if you go as well, that might encourage him. And I thought, what are we going to learn from basically reading a book and talking about what classes we can do? That's not that's not part of your education that I could see. There wasn't anything different to what I could have done at home, really. See, yeah. see, gifted to me is if when they said, oh, you could read Harry Potter, a gifted person would turn around and go, fuck it, I'll just wait for the film. Save, <laughs> save yourself a couple of hours and also oh. save the uh, taxation on the eyeballs. So uh, mm. when I'm in my 40s and you're wearing glasses and I'm not, I can turn around and say it's because I saved my eyes because I didn't read the book. 
Yeah, but it's like it's like I remember when I I remember when I was in school uh, when I was in year eleven actually, and we were talking about the books that we really enjoyed, like our favourite works of fiction. When I was fifteen, I think my favourite book I'd read up to that point was Dune. Dune was one of my favourite novels, and probably still is. And I think it is an absolute masterpiece in writing. And a friend of mine in my class said that his favourite book was Lord of the Rings. Now, when the teacher said to him, oh, that's good. What book in particular did you enjoy? And he went, oh, I, d- I don't know. It was the, the one the one where Ian McKellen dies in it. <laughs> I went, he went, went what? So, 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 you know Ian McKellen isn't in the book. And he went... Oh no, I haven't actually read the book. I watched the film. Oh, right. What's your favourite book? Yes, the the first Lord of the Rings film. Yeah. Um... June is quite a heavy book for a fifteen-year-old, though, mate. Oh, I think I actually read it when I was about thirteen. That's, in- that's insane. That's, that's a, it's pretty strong going. That book. It's a. It's quite Do dark. I... Quite a lot of big words in it. I mean, I was. I was struggling with a hungry caterpillar at 13, if I'm honest. Not the book. I was just literally struggling with a, a hungry caterpillar that I couldn't get <laughs> There was just a hungry caterpillar stalking you at school. He's like, hey, <laughs> i tell you what, mate. You want to fucking fight? I'll give yeah, you a fucking fight. Just to hang around a bike shit yeah. and steal You my... saw what I did on Monday to that sandwich. You wait and see what I do on the Tuesday, mate. You fucking wait. <laughs> Remember me? Yeah, give me your fucking lunch. All right, hungry oh, caterpillar. I just don't hit me in the face. Can you imagine that you're going up to your teacher? Yeah, I, I don't want to go out today. Why? Oh, the hungry caterpillar stalking me. Right. Um, <laughs> Where's your own work, Randy? Randy Caterpillar took it. <laughs> yeah. Get on the phone to his parents. He's fucking lost it. Get him out of here. Um, <laughs> Get on the phone to the parents. Send him to that summer school. We think he's gifted. <laughs> there is there is some weird things I remember from school. There is just some some strange occurrences and i the the funniest thing i remember from school was french lessons now i <laughs> i i had to do french uh, for the first 3 years of secondary school i don't really remember anything apart from 1 to 10 a few of the days of the week and i know how to say oui no je m'appelle that's it. That that's basically that is basically the extent of three years of French, and the reason for that is because for one year of the classes, we had a teacher who literally just sat in the front of the class and said, "Right, here's a book," and then that was it. He didn't do anything at all. We had one teacher who I'm pretty sure was chucked out of the school for attacking a student, and then he returned about six months later. And I quote this from what one of my friend's parents said because they were part of the pta they said no other french teacher wanted to work at my school (laughs) and this was and so basically they hired someone that was suspected of attacking a child that's how bad things were and it's it's amazing that that happened but at the same time it makes me think gosh why wasn't i pulled out of that fucking school (laughs) well funny you say that i mean I, I had to do French. We had to on my options. We had to pick a language, and it was either German or French. And I was like, I grew up in Bermondsey, and if I went home and told my parents I was taking German lessons, they would have beat me up. I couldn't go to Millwall again and hold my head up high. Granddad didn't fight a war for you to go to school and learn how to fucking speak German. So uh, yeah, so we, I went for French, right? Um, so, and in in my studies, all I can remember is the phrase "il fait mauvais," which I believe means the weather's overcast and 
um, I remember getting a bollocking because I misread one of the questions in the mock exams and it was about a woman uh, trying to buy a dog or or taking a dog to the park and I misread it and thought she was having a conversation with the dog so every other answer I just wrote bark and they thought I was taking the piss and I got in so much trouble for that and every time I tried to genuinely say that it was a mistake they they said I was just making it worse for myself. Um, do you know what I, I, I'm gonna share this? And uh, the thing is, is that I keep thinking, would anyone from my school actually ever listen to this podcast? And I think, no, fuck them. I don't really speak to anyone from school for good reason. When I was in year nine and year ten, I was subjected to yeah, and this is I don't know. You might believe this or not. I was subjected to bullying by one of my teachers. Funny enough, I had a teacher who, for for no reason at all. She just seemed to have it out for me. And I remember that sometimes if there was a class going on and she was asking questions. So, like you know, like when they say, oh, you, um, what's the answer to this? Or you, what's the answer to that? Um, she was asking, no lie, she was asking some of these um, questions. Like she was going, you, what's the, what's the square root of 64? Well, obviously, that's eight. You know, um, what's the... What's the um, total angles of a triangle? 180 degrees. And then I got told, what's the first six numbers after three dot on pi? It's like, I don't know. And it was like I was ridiculed in front of my class because I didn't know that. And then after that, I then found that I was given in um, homework. I was given in my assessments that had been given to me. And then I was getting phone calls, or well, my parents were getting phone calls from my teacher saying that I hadn't done my homework. And I was like, no, I did do my homework. I gave it in. I even left it on the table as everyone else was giving out their homework. And then on one occurrence, I was leaving the class and I, I said, oh, Joe, you know I forgot my bag. I need to go back in. So I went back in and I spied in the corner of the bin I saw my homework screwed up, tossed in the trash, and I pulled it out, and I, I actually took it to one of the other teachers. I said, right, I said, my math teacher has just has just done this. She's just put this in the bin. And um, I said, you know, I'm really upset at this. And the teacher said, okay, don't worry, I'll, I'll have a word. And then a few weeks later, it happened again. And... Uh, I actually said to my mum, I said, I don't know what to do now. I keep, I keep doing this. I keep, uh, you know, I don't know why my teacher has it out for me. And um, she said, right, well, let's catch her out on it. She said, do your homework tonight, photocopy it. I've got a copy and I'm going to phone the school and say to him, I have a copy of your homework, but I'm going to tell him not to obviously speak to her. And so she did it again. She said, oh, I didn't give him my homework. Now, my mum then phoned up the school and said, uh, no, actually he has. I have a photocopy of it here. And the, t and the teacher went, oh, well, I'm sorry, I must have misplaced it. And she went, no, no, you know he's giving him the homework. You know he's giving you that homework. So why the fuck are you trying to give him detention? Why are you trying to purposely bully my child? And she went, no, I'm not trying to do that at all. It's like, well, no. <laughs> she went, no, you are. Why have you got it out for my son? What is it that is so wrong that you have to do that? Joe, uh, this is really taking a dark turn. We're supposed to be trying to keep this light and comedic. Um, and... Yeah, and but then one of the worst things on that side was in year 10, I came down really badly sick one day. And because it was coming up for GCSE, I was trying to stay in school as much as I could. I was trying to keep myself, keep my academics up, try and keep my learning up. 
I got to the third lesson of the day, which was funny enough, it was maths. And I was like, Joe, I really can't take this anymore. I sat in the class for about 20 minutes and I said, Joe, I, I can't do it. So I, I, I called up to the teacher. She said, yes, what is it you want? Um, I said, I said, Look, I'm really not feeling well. I said, can I please, can I please go to, like go to the nurse's station? She went, no, you look fine to me. You don't need to go. And do you know what? I, I just felt so shit. I, I, I said, no, no, please. I said, I really need to go. I said, I don't feel well. She went, she went, no, no, stop messing about. Stop, stop wasting my time. And I, I stayed in school for the rest of the day. I went to the toilets about lunchtime and I just threw my guts up. But I stayed there all day and I literally got home and I went straight to bed and I collapsed. And I was, I was in such a horrific state. About 10 minutes after I got home, my mum even came up and said, what, what's wrong? I said, I said, I've, I said, I ain't been too well today. I said, I even told my teacher and she wouldn't let me go. And she said, well, what teacher? I said, you know, my maths teacher, the one who obviously already was bullying me. And so I fell asleep. I was not too well at all. So I, I tried to sleep it off. And about two or three hours later, I woke up and I was speaking to my mum. She said, right. I've just been on the phone to the school. I said, okay, so... I said, okay, what, what's happened? She said, well, I've just had words with your teacher and uh, I've just asked her, you know, obviously about what happened today. I said, all right. Um, so so my mum said to the teacher, so my, my son said he wasn't feeling too well today. Teacher's gone, oh, yes, yes, he did say he wasn't feeling too well, but he didn't seem too bad to me. And mum went, okay, okay. I said, she went, can I ask you something? Um, when did you get your medical degree? And she went, what? Yeah, yeah, when did you get your medical degree? She went, well, I don't have one. She went, well, well, you told my son that he didn't look too he didn't look too ill. You said that he looked absolutely fine and that he didn't need to go to the nurse's office. So, obviously, I assume that you have some medical training. She went, no. She went, well, oh, so, so you don't have any medical, any nursing training or anything at all? No. And she then dropped the bomb. She said, well, you must be fucking God then if you know how he is or not. And it was... I was like, I was like, you. I said, I said to my mum, did you actually say it to her? She went, yeah. I said to her, she must be fucking god. She went, excuse me. She went, yeah. Well, obviously, if you know someone's not well, you you know someone's well when they're not, or vice versa. You think they're lying, then you must be god that you can tell these things. And I tell you what, I went to school the next day. That teacher, Joe, she wouldn't even look me in the eye. I never had another issue again. And this was one of them things that it really did crush me, you know. And you've, I mean, you know, bullying is a part of life. That's always something I think that's always happened. But to be bullied by a teacher is really horrible. But, you know, to, and I, I give credit to my mum all the time. You know, she's one of the loveliest people you could ever meet. And to know that not only did she stand up for me, but she basically told a teacher to go fuck themselves. It was it was brilliant and yeah and it's one of the things that you know to this day I I feel in a degree that's probably always affected me in terms of trying to learn because I feel like someone who should have been helping me kept putting me down but yeah and it's it's a, it's a good story to think that you know you things can get better and anyone can be an arsehole. <laughs> And I'm sure there's some other morals and other things as well. But anyway, sorry to everyone for the last 10 minutes of bringing the mood down. That's um... Again, like I said, it's cheaper than therapy. I mean, we had yeah. a 
<laughs> we had a, a, a teacher at my school. I'm not going to name him again. I doubt if anyone that I know is going to... This is what I'm saying. Don't name any names because the one I'm time you do, know. you're going to get every fucker on you. You'll be like... Yeah, oh, I'm not going to name any names, but if you went to the school I went to, you will definitely know who his character is. He, um, he was a history teacher and he was genuinely mad as a box of frogs. I mean, he was honestly... People go, oh, I had a crazy history teacher. Now, this guy was genuinely certifiably mental. As a, He was just he was right out there. One lesson, he walked into into our history class, 35 kids in a class, walked in uh, with a screwed up piece of paper, threw it into the back corner of the room and went, during the Second World War, X amount of people were killed by hand grenades. He went, so that whole table there and you two boys on the front row uh, in front of them, you're uh, you're dead. And they went, oh, that's interesting. Oh, uh. And he went, no, you're dead. Get on a fucking floor. Dead people don't sit in <laughs> So they laid on the floor. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Are you... And he went, that no, gets worse. He then went, um, he went, 62% of people killed in the trenches were killed by shrapnel or, or bullet fire. And he got a handful of staples and just threw them into, into the class. <laughs> and he went, them three tables, you and you, dead, right, on the floor. So they all laid on the floor, right? He went, so on average, in this classroom, only two people would have made it home back to their families at the end of the First World War. He said, so you and you, you made it. You died of dysentery. You died of infection. You died of this. You died of that. On the floor, on the floor, on the floor, on the floor. Right, by the time he'd done his 10-minute little rant at the beginning of, the, of a, an hour and 30-minute lesson, there was two lads left sitting up. He then turned around and said to them two, right, I want you to start reading uh, chapter five in your textbooks. <laughs> Right, and, we, and then he sat down and started marking the classes work before us. Right, and every time we laid on the floor, we was laying on the floor. I said to my mate, "What the fuck is going on?" And he was like, "Yeah, dead people don't talk, yeah." Right, we laid on the floor <laughs> of the history room for an hour and a half. The bell went. Everybody stood up, and he went, "Yeah." He said, "You can stand up an hour and a half later. People that died in the war can't. Think yourself fucking lucky. Get out of my sight." And that was our history lesson. I'm assuming that you never saw him again after this and he was just taken away. He taught my my mate's older brother, who was about six years older than me, and then my mate's younger brother, who was about four years older than me, had him as a form tutor. He was at that school for nearly 20 years. Jesus Christ. He used to give you a detention for no reason. You'd rock. He was the head of humanities as well. You would rock up to his office at the end of school and go, hello, sir, and he'd go, what do you want? And you go, you gave me a detention. And they go, did I? And you were like, yeah. He goes, what did you do? And you go, I don't know. And he'd go, well, if you don't know, I don't know. Pissed off, I've got stuff to do. And and you'd go home. You'd, like, <laughs> do you do you know what? He sounds a bit like he sounds a bit like a UK version of Walter White. He Maybe just, he was a bit edgy because you know he had his um he had to go and do his crystal meth cooking afterwards. He was like, I don't want to be with any fucking kids at detention. I've got to go. <laughs> he used to. He would say, right, okay, we're going to read about um, Germany's push in into Poland and, and the Allies then jumping on board and causing the, the Second World War. And he would then go, right, you boy, read page 15 to 16. So this kid would then read page 15 to 16. And then he'd point to somebody else and go, right, 16 to 18, please, young man. And you, you would read 16 to 18. And he'd go, right, I'll do 18 to 20. And he would start off going, the Allied forces gathered in... Czechoslovakia to push north into wherever, right? And then all of a sudden he'd go, but the dirty Germans was there looking at the Allies. And you were like, is he doing a German accent? He's doing a German accent, isn't he? He is, he's doing it. And then you'd be oh, reading wow. your book and he would go off script. 
He was the Panzer tank drivers would look at each other with anger and hatred towards the Allied bastards. And you'd be going, what page are you on, mate? Is this page seven? Is it? I can't find this in my where? What book have you got? Is this? Have we got the same textbook? And then if you started giggling, he threw you out of the classroom. Jesus Christ. He was mad as a box of frogs. The, the last time, and again, same teacher, uh, was chased into the school by an angry parent, a father, mm-hmm. caught on the stairwell and beaten up and had to be pulled off, not sexually, but he had to be... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I've just been chased by, by, um, by a parent and I've just had to be tugged because, you know, I was so stressed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, took the, uh, it took the two PE teachers to grab the angry father off the history teacher. And we later found out that the father had found out that the history teacher was fucking his missus. Oh, Jesus Christ. So he was shagging one of the kids in his form class, his mum. The dad came up to school, kicked the shit out of him. He didn't get sacked, right? And the kid had to stay in his class. <laughs> right, first off, move the little fucker out of school. Like just move him. Like you can't, you can't go back to school. You can't you can't go back to that school. Everywhere he went, everyone was, I can't even remember his name. Everyone just used to remember him as teacher fucker. That's the geezer that's mum fucks a teacher. That's the geezer that's mum's got fucked by so and so, right? Like yeah. move. She school. definitely got taught her history. If you know what I'm saying, <laughs> move schools. And if he was that mad in the classroom of a bunch of fourteen year olds, what kind of shit was he up to in the bedroom? Oh, God, I don't even want to imagine. Can you imagine? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We're gonna do, we're gonna do um, a recreational night, darling. Yes, this is the trenches. You're dead. Lay on the floor. Yeah, like, you're I'm not just... having any blankets because you're dead. I'll see you in the morning. What? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and, and funny enough, I bumped into him in Sainsbury's um, about 20, 30 years after I left school, and he he still had this weird hairstyle that he had. And I went over and said hello. And he, he, he stole it out like he like he knew me. And he was like, good man, good man. Yeah, doing well for yourself. Good man. And, and my wife, obviously, had never met him. Um, as he walked away, I went, oh, what a legend. He's a legend, that teacher. She just looked me dead in the eye and went, he had no fucking idea who you was. <laughs> Of course, of course he did. It's like, do you know what? I, 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 it sounds horrible, but some people I've seen in the last couple of years, they go, "Oh, John Joe, you're right, mate." I go, uh, "Yeah, hi." Um, oh, Jim, remember me? And I go, "Yeah, yeah, of course I do." And I remember I was talking to someone about five minutes um, when I was out with a friend, and like they go, "Oh, do you remember when I was in so and so's class?" Oh my god, he used to be so fun. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, of course he did." Yeah. Oh, but oh, yeah, such a long time. Yeah, yeah, it was. Oh, anyway, see ya. Yeah, see ya. And my mate went, "Do you know who that was?" I went, "I don't have a fucking clue. I don't even know the teacher. I don't even know the lesson. I don't know what the fuck he was on about. All I knew that is he said my name, and that was it. I didn't have a, I didn't have an idea. And it's so bad because um, I probably have blocked out more of school, more of my. <laughs> my youth than I'd like to actually dare to remember. <laughs> going full circle back to school trips where we started from. I remember yeah. going on a school trip, like a weekender type trip thing. Um, and this, <laughs> this kid got on the, on the little coach. See, we went on coaches. We went on a brown coach that had the pride of pens written on the side of it. That's how fucking gangster we were. Right, so don't talk to me about budgets and affordability. Pride of penge. I mean, there is no pride in penge. Apart from maybe Wilson and Tommy who are, famous comedians and very good friends i don't want to slag off their manner but there's nothing proud to be about from penge right um <laughs> and, uh, this kid got on the coach 
didn't know him. My mate just went, fuck me, look at his head. He looks like a fucking Colin, right? That was it, right? That was it. That was the only thing that was said to him in a 48-hour period. Saw him in school the next week or so. I went, all right, Colin. And he went, all right, Randy. And I was like, all right, mate. To this day, when I see that geezer around, I go, all right, Cole. And he goes, all right, Randy. I couldn't tell you his real name. If my life depends on it, I couldn't tell you what his real name is. And that's been funny. All my mates go, oh, yeah, uh, saw Colin on the bus the other day. And I'm like, oh, big-headed Colin. And they go, yeah, yeah, he's doing all right. I do not want his missus and kids with him. No one knows his name. One interaction <laughs> on a coach at 13 years old on the way out of Penge, that geezer's Colin now for the rest of his life. It's, it's like one of my friends, because um, it sounds bad, but the... First time I'm like my my circle of friends that I'm um, I say I say familiar with you know it's been a long year I haven't really obviously spoke to him for obvious reasons um, but one of my friends when we first started meeting up I always only ever known him as Yorkie and I thought yeah that's definitely not his real first name and because you you know when you're in the pub you get chatting and you're like yeah mate all this all that you have a good laugh with each other and it was like right. I've now got to wait to see if anyone says his real first name because I'm sure he ain't just York, Yorkie Yorkie. I think that's I don't think that's going to be right. I don't think that's it at all. And um, I remember one night when we was out clubbing. Jesus, that's going back a fucking while. Um, I remember because I, I I remember dropping him off and I thought okay. Um, he was quite quite drunk, so I thought right, I'll make sure he gets in okay. So, so he got out of the car, brought him over, and um, he's like, that was one of his family members, and uh, and I thought, Joe, what? This is the opportunity now. She's gonna, she's gonna say his name, and I'll know it now. This is gonna be the point where our friendship really does take a positive turn. And uh, she went, oh, thanks for getting Yorkie back. I thought, no. No, you don't say that. You're supposed to tell me his fucking name. Why did steal you do that? Just steal his wallet. Nick his wallet. When he catches you, you, go. I just wanted to know what your real name was. I was not robbing you of everything that yeah, you are. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That fi- that fifty quid was already missing, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, Joe, it was bad. And this was like for about two years. And you know, he's a good mate of mine. He's he's still a good friend now. But I, it's because I didn't know his name and nothing. Because everyone always just called him Yorkie. It was the same thing. Everyone only ever called him Yorkie because that's what. And that was it. You just like, yeah, yeah, uh, okay. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's, it's weird. But like I was saying, working up in London, sort of trying to just spinning around onto the uh, onto the other thing that really pissed me off the last couple of, well, mu- well year, I suppose. Like I said, I, I work in London. So, um, and I, I'm working in an I'm office based now in my, in my career, in my, in my day job. And um, you have to do all these Zoom calls and all these kind of team meetings via internet and everything, right? And on the screens. Fuck me. The, the use and the literal dictionary of buzzwords has like trebled, isn't it, in the last 10 months? Like, oh, you used to have yes. the odd think outside the box blue sky thinking nah mate there's there's a whole plethora of buzzwords now and it's really difficult well it's not because when it starts to fucking get on my knob right i'm like oh connection issues and i just turn the camera off because fucking does my nuts right i've listed i've literally listed the top three that wind me up like no like wind me up no end right seriously someone says this in a meeting and I feel my shoulders hunch, like like I can't help myself. Even if I'm nodding and smiling, my whole body goes like a scared fucking cat 
I just arch like I'm gonna about to attack someone, right? So the first one, touch base. Yeah, 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 we'll just oh. touch base. Let's touch base. I'm like, don't touch my base. It's a fucking Me Too movement going on at the moment. Don't you touching anything, you slimy... Do you know what? When, when someone first said that to me, said, oh, let's touch base, I thought, oh, what, they're going to break out a bit of Geddy Lee from Rush, you know, proper, yeah, let's touch base. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I was like, no, just, maybe not. <laughs> you got. A, it just sounds so creepy. I'm just going to touch your base. Not without consent, yeah. you are, sweetheart. Yeah. Right, yeah, so I'm going to touch I'm gonna touch your base over my fucking dead body. Yeah. What? Um, well, at yeah. least take me out for a drink and something to eat first. I mean, come on, fuck me. Right, um... <laughs> But yeah, touch base really does does my head in, right? Um, the other one is, um, have you heard this one? This one's quite a new one, so it might be a new one for you. It's called, they say, move the needle, right? No, I've not heard that one, no. Move the needle as in to make progress. Move the needle up the graph so we're making progress. Every time someone says it, in my head, all I see is that scene of Renton swimming down the worst toilet in Scotland trying to get his fucking heroin. Right? Don't bring needles into this, mate. I already want to stick needles in my eyes having to do this poxy fucking meeting. Right? But don't mention needles because all I want to do is get off my tits and stop listening to you and your corporate bullshit. So that, that one really fucking winds me up. Yeah, yeah, let's just, uh, if we can push the needle. No. No, unless you're a DJ mixing like Slim Boy Fat, right? I don't want no needles touching nothing apart from records. Yeah, my my place is um we've <laughs> we've had one such as um mop up and wipe down. Oh my god! Oh my now, god! Now 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 mop up. Okay, sounds fair enough. Home? Mop no. up and wipe down. No oh. no no <laughs> no. But um, mop up sounds fine. But when it was wipe down, I don't know why, but I was just picturing like you know someone after like an hour in the gym, it goes, "Yeah, you sponge boy." Bring the sponge down my body. Take the sweat off. He's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, have you heard this one? This is another one that always, I don't know whether this is more about me than, than the, the, the word or the connotations or the, or the, the use of it. But when someone says, yeah, we'll just go for the low hanging fruit. We'll go for the low hanging fruit. Meaning it's easy. We'll just pick the, the low fruit because it's easy to reach. It's not much effort and it's a great reward. Soon as somebody says low hanging fruit, all I can think of is really pendulous fucking bollocks. I'm like, I'm like, I don't want low hanging fruit. And then it makes me all paranoid because I'm an old man now. I mean, I'm getting on. I end up getting in the bath thinking, fuck, are my bollocks low hanging fruit? Are they really down? to? I, and then I worry about sitting down. Am I going to sit down on my low hanging fruit? I mean, last thing I want to be doing is trying to be professional and thinking about old man's fucking swingy ball bag. I mean, don't don't put them things into my head. What's wrong with these? Things? But you've now just put that into everyone else's head after saying it. <laughs> no hanging fruit, couple of plums, just sitting yeah. there, split either side of the gusset of your boxer shorts. I mean, I've heard that a couple of times, and um, I've I've worked with people who have come from other countries as well, and when you hear their expressions, it doesn't help that if they've got a bit of an accent, a word sounds different. Um, <laughs> like you know, um, like yeah, um, I want to, I want to. Oh, so something like about a sheet of paper, but obviously he's two e's sounding like an i. So um, yes, I'm looking. I'm looking for the shit. <laughs> what the shit? The shit. I need. I need the shit. <laughs> so um, I went I, and I, I was cracking up. He's going, what? What are you laughing about? I said. I said. I said. So, sorry, mate. I said, do you not? Do you not realise what you're saying? You, yes. Yes. I. Yes. I need my shit. I went. No. 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 Please stop. Please stop. Otherwise, I'm going to do it again. Um. I said. I said, how you're saying it, it sounds like you are swearing. 
<laughs> and he, he went, he went, oh, you're so immature. I went, uh, I said, no, it's not just me. I said, look, everyone is laughing. I said, it's not on purpose. Just so you know, no one's being mean. It's because you said shit. And he went, I did not say shit. I said shit. I went, yes, that's exactly what I just said. That's what you just said. Yeah, and, like um, a Python sketch. Oh, and then um, when all the COVID stuff was going on, when you had people, um, you know, going out for their day trips in the summer. He said, he said, oh, I, I hate seeing all these photos, all these people on the bitches, the, 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 the beaches. Yeah, the bitches. No, no, no. Beaches. Funny, funny you say that. I went um, on holiday to Cyprus a few years back and we, we got chatting, me and the missus got chatting to the, the, the concierge guy at the hotel and, and he was like, oh, you, you must try this place. You must see this place while you're here. Hire a car and go here. And he went, he went, oh, there's, there's a lovely, lovely sands and blue seas at, 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 the, at the governor's bitch. And I was like, all right, OK. And he went, yeah, go, go there. It's lovely. It's really lovely. So I just assumed, obviously, what we've sort of, I don't know, maybe colonialism or the British influence. You thought it was going to be this statue of a giant woman that was just called the governor's bitch. Well, no, I just thought it was because obviously, I I don't know. That sounds like a terrible pub name as well, don't it? eh? (laughs) Did you fancy a pint down the governor's bitch? Uh, Yeah, yeah, why not? A couple of jars down the bitch, right? But but yeah, so I just assumed it was kind of like a derogatory term because you had a governor of the island and his wife might have been horrible. So everyone just referred to her as the governor's bitch. And her private beach became the governor's bitch because, I don't know, I just thought it was kind of like, you know what I mean? Now these things kind of build up sort of culturally and, and kind of whatever. Yeah, you don't like to question it just in case yeah, there is I'm, an extra meaning to yeah, it. I'm nodding. I'm just nodding away going, oh, sounds nice. So I'm driving around all day asking people, mate, have you seen the governor's bitch? What's the best way to the governor's bitch? <laughs> There's only one we got there. There was a big sign that says the governor's beach. And I was like, they must have thought I was a right wanker. Like, look at this English boat coming over here, calling us, thinking he's funny with his oh governor's bitch, oh, oh you crap English sense of humour. So yeah, so I, I get where he's coming from. I feel your mate's pain, um, oh, or your colleague's pain. Having said that, there was I used to work in security when I was younger, and we had a Latvian guy, and again I'm not going to name him, and he learned English from TV basically. He learned uh, English from TV and records when he was in Latvia. And so every so often he would throw in a random swear word for no reason. right? And he would carry a little red book. And if you said a word that he didn't understand, he would write the word down and then write down its meaning. So he could build up his vocabulary <laughs> and understand the English language. right? So he would throw random swear words in. Now, I worked at the NatWest Tower, which was one of the, the blue ribbon sites in, in, the, in the city, um, mm. along with like Deutsche Bank and stuff like that. Yeah. He was never allowed to interact with the public because they would say, good morning. And he would go, police committee was there. Have a lovely day, fucker. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> it just, no. One time we had a, a, a contractor that was, um, that was being a bit of an arsehole. And uh, I had a go at him. We had a bit of a row and he was saying, oh, I'm only giving you five minutes. And he was there for an hour and blah, blah, blah. And I said to this fella, don't piss on my head and tell me it's raining. As in, don't lie to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, after the altercation, this this Latvian fella said to me, uh, "What is uh, you know, piss head rain? What what did what did mean? What does it mean?" And so I told him and explained to him, and <laughs> and he was like, "Okay, thank you." Months went past, and I just heard him getting into a row with somebody on the gate again, and he just mm. turned around and said, "I piss on your head and call you raining." And I was like, "Kind of, you're almost there." <laughs> oh my goodness you're almost there you're almost there yeah i piss in your head and call you raining 
No. Yeah. Oh my well, god. Sort of. But yeah, okay, yeah, kind of. <laughs> but yeah, he was a he was a character in half, shall we say? Then the that, is, that is amazing. Yeah, so, so yeah, so buzzwords piss me off a little bit. They annoy me. Um, and recently, I think the the biggest bugbear I've got is is and you you're you're a, you're a movie man. You'll uh, you'll agree. Yeah, with yeah. It, but... I I'm, I think I can see where this is going, but go on. Yeah, it's um it's spoilers. Yes. Right. For example, right. But I don't don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I understand people have to talk about films or they have to talk about subjects or books or TV programs. But this is why you have, yeah, but this is why you have embargoes. And I think one of the worst ones on them is um, video games, because especially if you've been waiting for a game for five or six years and all of a sudden they say, oh, so-and-so dies at the end. You're like, no. Uh, Anyway, yeah. Give you a prime example, right? Um, Prime example, prime example. Uh, I don't, I, I, I don't mind people talking about films. First off, give me a spoiler. Give, give me a spoiler alert. At the beginning, say, we are going to have spoilers in this. If you haven't seen the film, the show, read the book, played the game, don't watch this video. And then you can make the conscious decision yourself. Give me a little bit of a warning. Um, I do pro wrestling as well. I do like like American-style wrestling, yeah? Um, and again, if you're watching a highlight or someone's reviewing a show, they hold up like, I don't know, a mannequin head or a dinosaur so you can fast forward until the mannequin head's gone and then you know you've missed the spoiler so there's ways of doing it right now if i turn around and said to you oh by the way in empire strikes back darth vader's actually luke's luke's dad right that's a spoiler but if you haven't seen the film in 15 20 30 40 years or even a year that's on you fuck you you've had the opportunity to see it you can't avoid a spoiler for longer than six months you can't right so fuck you yeah the yeah, I, I agree with that. Off, the thing that pisses me right off, yeah, is when I will record something on Sky because I'm working, I'm exercising, I'm just basically getting on with my life and think, oh, I'll watch that in bed later on tonight. Like tonight, for example, yeah? Yeah. Uh, and my missus was, <laughs> was watching Strictly Come Dancing, right? Recorded it. She went, oh, we'll have to watch the final later tonight. And I was like, not really interested, but okay, fine. So she recorded it 20 minutes after it finished, because obviously we was having food or we was doing dealing with our lives. 20 minutes after it finished, all over Facebook, it was amazing. I can't believe Bill Bailey won it. <laughs> Mate, give me a fucking chance. It's not even been on catch up on BBC fucking three yet. Give, give me at least a fucking week. Before you start posting that shit. I think things like that, when it comes to reality shows, I think it's a little bit, I don't know, it's a little bit different because obviously that's kind of like event TV. That's what, you know, and because there's a pandemic, there's fuck all else to do. You're going to be watching TV like that. Um, I always think one of the worst ones on my side was when uh, the, um, the, the the last Avengers film came out, when the Avengers Endgame came out, which is nearly two years ago now, which is scary thinking about it that way. Um, but I remember because obviously it was simultaneous release all around the world. So first it was in Australia and Japan and it made its way over to China, Africa, Europe. And then UK um, had it about, say, about 12, 14 hours after the rest of the world. And straight away, you see all these Facebook posts coming out going, oh, um, spo-, like they actually do blank out. They go, spoiler dies in Endgame 
Click here if you want to know. It's like, no, I don't want to know. And the next thing comes up. Oh, so-and-so revealed to, like, spoiler revealed to be spoiler. Click here. It's like, no, I don't want to know this shit. And and I actually had someone, um, a friend of mine who was in Australia at the time. They watched it on the midnight release over there. And straight away, he put on his Facebook, he said, Joe, what, one of the most epic films I've ever seen in my life. And um, I didn't see the whole message because I just saw it was, it looked like it was about going to spoiler territory. But I looked at some of the comments and the first comment, someone said, you're a prick. And it's like, <laughs> he went, why? He went, well, some of us ain't had a chance to see the fucking film yet. Yeah. And yeah, and it, this is one of the things that Avengers Endgame was going to be the film that, you know, it's the highest earning film of all time. Everyone yeah. was going to go and see it. Everyone wanted to see that movie. They wanted to see how everything was going to come to an end, how it was going to reach this conclusion that they've been building for 11 years. Imagine you've had all that anticipation and some twat on your timeline just goes, uh, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean... No! I- See, this is this is the thing. YouTube do it as well, right? Mm. YouTube will do it as well. Say I'm say I'm at work or I'm doing whatever I'm doing, and I think, oh, you know what? I'll uh, I think I'll catch up on the football highlights. I think yeah. I'll catch up on the football highlights. If you type in Millwall v Bournemouth, right, mm. on YouTube and press search, it will have a little picture of the game, and underneath it will have Bournemouth one, Millwall one, and you're like, put the fucking <laughs> score in the title of the fucking video, you can. Right, just literally put Millwall v Bournemouth, fourteenth of the first two thousand and twenty-one. Because mm-hmm. now I don't need to watch it, do I? Now I don't need to watch it. Or with the wrestling thing, you'll think, oh, I missed WrestleMania. Let me see what's uh, the highlights because I can't physically sit through fourteen hours of wrestling because I've actually got to go to work and mm-hmm. eat. So let me just uh, let me just watch the highlights. And you click on highlights WrestleMania. And the first picture you get is as the geezer standing on the ropes, holding the belt. And you're like, brilliant. So he won the title then. Don't need to fucking watch this now, do I? Why would you pick that as your fucking thumbnail? Do you know, I don't watch them myself, but I always think the worst one is the soaps. Now, Joe, don't get me wrong. Millions of people love Coronation Street, love EastEnders, Emma Dale. All the best to you. You know, you can watch that stuff. I think it's utter shit. Now, what I find is every time the TV magazine comes through, there's always like a 10-page listing that says, oh, this is what happens in EastEnders this week. Oh, so-and-so is having an affair with so-and-so. This person's copping off with that one's brother. This guy's going to kill this person. It's like, why do you need to watch the fucking show? They've basically told you in three paragraphs what is happening that week. The thing is, though, I think with soaps, I think with soaps, people are brainwashed into watching them. Like you're indoctrinated into watching the soaps through your through your parents. Again, prime example, my missus watches EastEnders and Coronation Street. Right, there are there there are two soaps that she enjoys. I don't watch them. Never have. Never really been interested in it. It's just me. I mean, they're 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 great drama. People spend a lot of time on them, and and yeah, they they for what they are, they're they're great. We're we're like fucking front runners in the world for making soaps and stuff. I mean, Coronation Street wouldn't have been on the air for seventy fucking years if it was drivel. You know what I mean? So hats off to them. I'm not knocking them. It's just not really my thing. Now my wife will watch them, and then we were sitting down, and I was like, all oh, right, what's this EastEnders? I haven't seen it for ages. What's going on? So who's that fella? And she's like, oh, that's so and so's brother. And I'm like, oh, fucking hell, why is he having a go at him for? What's happened? What's he done? Why are they, why are they at war? And she's like, oh, I don't know, I haven't seen it for a few weeks. And I'm like, well, 
why are you watching it then? She went, it's EastEnders, isn't it? Yeah, but you don't know why that person is having a go at that person. Nah, nah, I haven't seen it for a few weeks. So why are we watching it? If, if I didn't watch, say, Star Trek, for example, I've been watching the Star Trek Discovery, yeah? Oh, yes. Right? Say I watched season one, episode one, two, three, and four, and then thought, ah, fuck it, I can't be bothered, and then tuned in on season three and watched episode seven, eight, nine, and ten. Yeah. I just, I just wouldn't do it because I'd be sitting there thinking, who's that? I thought mm. he was dead. Why is that shit there now? Who's that fella? What's going on? And then I just go, I can't be bothered with this. And I'd either catch up or I just wouldn't bother. But because <laughs> I... it's a soap and they've been brought up on it, that's what we do. I watch EastEnders, innit? But you don't know what's going on. Yeah, I know, but it's I... EastEnders, innit? Yeah, but you don't know what's going on. Yeah, but it's EastEnders, though, innit? And in the end, you just think, you know what, fuck you. Just fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> I remember years ago when um, I was around a friend's house and, uh, oh, this was... Do you know what? One of my favourite shows was Doctor Who, and I used to watch it religiously every week. Mm. And when um, I was going around to friends, he just went, yeah, don't worry, put it on, that's fine, we can watch it. I was like, oh, sweet, I can catch up with it. And he and I said, oh, you, you do watch Doctor Who, don't you? He went, oh, I haven't seen it for a while. And I went, how long's a while? He went, oh, the last one I watched had Christopher Eccleston in it. I went, <laughs> okay. I said, um, this has now got a guy called Peter Capaldi, and this is his his first series in it. So this is nine years between the, them two actors, basically. And uh, he, he just went, he just went, yeah, um, yeah, I'm sure I'll be fine with it. I went, hang on. So the main part's been recast three times. There's been about over a hundred episodes, but you're you're going to be fine with it. Oh, okay, okay. Sure. If, if you if you if you say so, then we'll go along with it. I can't. Actually... Uh, God, sorry, mate. I was just going to say the one thing I hate is when someone goes, oh, who's that person? What's that person doing? <laughs> that's, why that's are they me. there? What's this? Me um, the whole time on on EastEnders, that was me. Who's that? Why is that? <laughs> why is that? Who lives there now? I thought Dot Cotton lived there. Oh, she don't now. Who's that then? Where's she gone then? She lives over the road now. Why is that then? Because her husband mm. died. Who was her husband? I didn't know she was married, right? And in the end, so I just, I just, I zone out. But I can beat your, uh, <laughs> I can beat your Doctor Who story. The last Doctor Who I watched, Sylvester McCoy was the doctor right with with ace as his sidekick right and then it went off the air didn't it for ages yes and um i didn't really think any much about it to be honest and then it came back with um david tennant as as the doctor and i've always liked him i always thought he was a great actor and and like quite a good everything that he's in tends to be quite good so i remember watching doctor and thinking i used to quite enjoy this and i started watching it when he was the doctor on maybe the second or third episode and thought, holy crap, this is amazing. So I went back and I watched from when David Tennant started right the way through his tenure as the Doctor and then mm-hmm. right the way through Matt Smith's tenure as the Doctor and thought, this is brilliant. This is so good. I- I've really missed out on this. This is fantastic. And then Capaldi took over and I watched two episodes and thought, yeah, this is wank and I've never watched it since. Do you know what? I felt the opposite. I Don't get me wrong. Matt Smith, I thought was really good and David Tennant I enjoyed. But... With Peter Capaldi, I really liked his stories because when he had one that was literally a doctor-focused story, he pulled the attention for every second he was on screen, and just the just the charisma of someone who I think this was the first actor for ages who had actually been watching Doctor Who since it first started. This was someone who was born before 
Doctor Who had even began. So he got to see it from its very beginning. And because someone had that kind of passion behind him, I was like, Joe, this is going to be quite exciting. And there was... I couldn't get into it. I genuinely couldn't... I couldn't get into him. And yeah, two episodes and and I've binned it. And then... Uh, another nail in the coffin was I what my daughter's 21 right and um I watched an episode with, with my daughter and she was like oh, who's he this must have been the second episode I've asked the doctor babe and she was like who is he and I said he's the doctor who he's like he's the main man and she was like all right so I was kind of like explaining it to her because she's not really into that kind of stuff, like, and um I was like, yeah, and, and then before him, it was Matt Smith, and before them, it was played by a thingy. I said, and this guy's uh, Peter Capaldi, and she went, oh. Then she dicked about on her phone for a little bit, and she went, it's Lewis Capaldi's dad. And I was like, who? And she went, this guy. <laughs> she was showing me videos of him singing, and I'm like, how is that voice coming out of that worm-faced man, right? And uh, and she was like, yeah, that's his dad. And I was like, oh, right. And then she was like, yeah, dad, watch these. Watch this. His YouTube's really funny. He's a really funny fellow, this Lewis Capaldi. And I was like, oh, right, yeah. And that was the whole episode. And now, like Lily Allen, every time someone says Peter Capaldi, I go, huh, I don't know, he's, I know he's kiddies. He's fucking ruined it for me now. I can't I can't look at the fella the same way. I, I don't know why, but when you mentioned Lily Allen, I thought you were going to talk about her sex toy or something like that. Because, um, you know, that's uh, that was like one of the big talking points of 2020 for some reason. It says more about you than it does me, to be honest. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what? It's one of the things that, because um, I've got Lily Allen on my Facebook, and I quite enjoy her music, you see something come up, it goes, oh, there's a special announcement tomorrow. You go, oh, okay, what's this? Is this a new album? Is she trying to prep for an online show? Because we can't have touring at the moment, because we can't have mixing and interacting with people. And then it was just like, a, no, um, I have a marital aid, which I am now selling... Ah, yes. Not That's what I was ex- not what I was expecting. Definitely something yeah. I can't really give to any of my relatives over Christmas. <laughs> or anything um, you could anything you could bring up over the Christmas meal. You never guess what Lily Allen's doing these days. What? You got a new ad, Matt? No. Big fucking dildos. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing is with that, it, it kind of uh flip reversed a little bit, kind of a little a little flip reverse there, a little bit of a blazing squad going on. Um because she said to me, Lewis Capaldi Peter Capaldi's kid and I was like oh that's interesting and we had that conversation and then the Lily Allen conversation come up and I said to her Lily Allen's dad's uh, Keith Allen and she was like no who and I was like what so then I played the uh, uh what is it playing for England song and she was like oh, oh my yes. god her dad's a legend so she kind of opened my eyes to the fact that Lewis Capaldi was Peter Capaldi's son and I opened her eyes to the fact that Keith Allen is Lily Allen's dad and she was like oh he's pretty corny <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's, that's parenting there. That is parenting in a nutshell. That's that's how it's done right. Okay, right. So we've talked a lot about you know things that are that are rubbish, things that you know we've not exactly liked. I like to think that every episode, even though I believe all things suck, um, you know I have to name drop it a few times in the podcast. I like to think that there are still some good things, some things that do bring out a positive side to us. So Randy, before we finish, tell me something that makes you happy. Wow. And bear in mind, please make sure it's something that I can actually air on this podcast, because at the moment there is a lot of things that are very borderline. <laughs> on your side, obviously, mine's, mine's been just the truth, mate. If you can't handle the truth, you, I feel like Jamie, you can't handle the truth. If you can't, if the truth's too real for you, man, then you're on the wrong show, man. 
Yeah, that's all long time. Oh, well, I went all 60s Jack Nicholson then. Um, what what makes me happy? To be honest, lots of things make me happy. I'm not a, a massively miserable old man that I come across as. Lots of things make me happy. I, I like the simple things. I like I like to see my, my daughter happy. I like I like to see my wife smile, that kind of stuff. But I mean, at the moment, the, the biggest thing that makes me happy is, is my cat. I've got a, a little, she's not a kitten, but she's not a cat. She's just, just turned one. And since lockdown's been going on and we've not been able to gig, it's been hard times, you know, we've not been able to go out. And I'm a very social, social person, sometimes referred to as a social butterfly. And, and the cat's kind of kept me sane. She kind of hangs out with me and does stupid, funny things to make me laugh. So, yeah, my cat makes me exceptionally happy, but I don't want to ostracise my children because they make me happy. My wife's cookie makes me happy. I mean, everything has got a silver lining really isn't it we're just we're just riffing for 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 the likes and for the gags and for the chuckles you know so but yeah there's lots of goodness in the world if you look for it properly and do you know what i I, i'm not saying this in a horrible way but i did not expect that as an answer i was expecting something i don't know a bit more like yeah do do you know what i i like it when you know when i get in my car and i've got the music blaring or something like that i was really expecting something a bit more like you know not not so much selfish but something that was more for yourself but you talking about like your family talking about all the people around you talking about your cat that's quite sweet i like that oh thanks man that's good it's good to it's good to appreciate the people around you um yeah i I mean family is family is is not necessarily the people that you're you're blood related to but the people that you can rely on um and i'm going to name drop mike orvis because he name dropped me he's he's my best mate and he's been a rock so love you big mike (laughs) and you know what um I, when I, I I've said it a few times, and I've even said it to people who I've spoke about with the podcast. Michael's the first person. Uh, if anyone's not listened to it yet, listen to episode one of the podcast with Michael. This he is a lovely guy, great musician, great comedian, and he's just one of these people that when I speak to him, he has such a he has such a certain energy about him. He's got something that really engages me when i talk to him he's got such a nice personality he has a great mentality he's got the time for people as well he's he is a people person he's someone who is just he could talk to anyone he can have a laugh with anyone and you get gold every time from him so do give him a shout and mike Alvisdam on twitter on instagram basically if you can send him a message just say mike you're the man just send that to him now. Go Mike Orvisdam on Twitter or on Instagram. Just say, Mike, you're the man. Just just do it. If we get at least one person that does it, then we know someone's listening to this podcast. That would be great. Uh, as well, if you can't find him on the Instagram, there's a, we've got our comedy company that we started together, which is called Mr. Lupus, spelled L-E-P-U-S, which is as in the rabbit constellation, Mr. Lupus uh, Comedy Zoo. Um, look us up on Facebook. It's, it's an open page. It's got all our gigs and our shows and and our our comedy comedy styling so to speak but yeah he's um he's a he's one of the good guys mike if you if you don't know him people out there in podcast land you you really should get to know him he will make your life a hell of a lot more interesting he's such a dude and on that note we are going to bring this podcast to an end and i just have to say the biggest of thank yous and you know, maybe now I do need therapy after opening up some of them old school wounds. But thank you, Randy B. Oh, man, it's been a pleasure. Honestly, it's been a pleasure. Stay safe. This has been a lot of fun. And yeah, all the best to you, mate. And hopefully a much better 2021 ahead. Sweet. Sweet.
You can follow John Joe on Twitter at John Joe Cosgrove or on the All Things Suck Facebook page. Wait a minute. All Things Suck? Are you trying to say I suck, John Joe? I've never been so insulted in my life. <laughs>